This is Plan B, Episode 16, for July 23rd, 2013. Welcome to Plan B, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show contemplating the future and present of Bitcoin with insights for the novice, chop talk for the expert, and opinionated discussion for the interested observer of Bitcoin and related technologies. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is my co-host, Drew. Well, hello, Drew. Hey, how's it going, man? (laughs) That's the craziest intro I think we've ever done. That's good, though. I didn't think you had it in you because it's so warm where you're at. Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty tired, so just uh, just carry me on through the show. We'll be fine. Well, I'll tell you, it is getting a little warm over here, too. In fact, my wife and I have dubbed my recording room as the fish tank because uh, the uh, the steam comes in from the grass into my office and makes everything wet and damp in here. So if, uh, if something zaps out, it's because it got a little too moist. But it's okay. We're going to persevere because episode 16 is chopped full of goodies for you guys today. There's been some interesting news, including some big sales in the Bitcoin business world, but probably the big story that broke today... The SEC has charged a Texas man in a Bitcoin Ponzi scheme, and the details are interesting. And they've also released a general guideline warning about cryptocurrencies and their involvement in Ponzi schemes. We'll talk about that. Ooh. I know. <laughs> We've got some great clips doing some great feedback. Drew's going to give us a little update on his uh, USB block eruptors. And I've got a pick this week that could be, um, the timing could be right if Bitcoin, if the Bitcoin price does what it's supposed to. It's been kind of an interesting week in the in the price world for Bitcoin, it's uh, right now as we're recording this show, hovering around ninety four, ninety five. Chat room, you should give us your guesstimates right now as you get going. So as we jump into this chat room, you list out what you think the Bitcoin price will be at the end of the show, and then people getting wa- people watching at home look to see if you were right. But it stayed pretty good, you know, steady this week, and that's good because we've had some folks that have started living off of Bitcoin. And uh, we're going to talk yeah, about good that for them. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck to them, right? <laughs> remember that? Remember the couple that guy had the Kickstarter project, and we had the uh, he was the fiance at the time, but now now he's the husband. We had him on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, they started this week, so we'll chat about that. But first, Ooh. Drew, before we get into that, why don't we read some emails, as is tradition here on the Plan B show? Our first email comes from well, I have let's see, we have one from Matt, and where's Joe? There's Joey. Joy writes via text message, what if Bitcoin had something like a credit score? It would be based on a user's feedback from positive interactions with trade site merchants and other Bitcoin users. This information would be hosted on third-party websites similar to Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. This could help filter out some of the fraudsters. Thanks, Joey. A Bitcoin credit score. What do you think, Drew? I like it. I mean, any of these any of these services that can pop up on the side that, you know, that make people feel more easy when they're doing transactions or whatever, like you have an address registered over here and... You know, people can give you ratings and reviews and stuff. That, that stuff's really cool. So uh, I, I'm totally down for it. I, I would totally like to see something like that uh, really take over. Yeah, I don't know if I agree. I, I feel like, the if anything, the market should determine that. And I think the way that would be done, you ready for me to put on my crystal ball? Yeah, sure. If I was going to look into Bitcoin's future, one of the things we just desperately need is some sort of distributed peer-to-peer exchange system, right? Something to replace Gox. And I would think that that uh, with that system would have to be some kind of reputation system that would be built up. You know, you see a lot of this, um, you know, there's the Bitcoin OTC uh, IRC 
There's some websites that we've talked about in the past that just link people up with people. And on those websites, on those individual sites, people have credibility scores, sort of like an eBay seller does. Well, that's what I was thinking, though. But like to have like a credibility score, like on a review site, but that, you know, that one site is kind of like the central hub for all of it. And they can, you know, other sites can, can pull data yeah, but from who that. Who gets to be that site? Don't you, aren't you just recreating the Gox problem in one sense when you do that? Well, I don't know. Are you talking about doing like a distributed reputation system? Yeah, I'd like to see something that um, uh, maybe what you could do is, uh, okay, so maybe if there was a way to, you could you could register all of your other different identities at these different sites and then maybe collate your, your reputation or something where you could have a pooled reputation score. And then I could see what, if you could have some sort of pooled reputation score from all these individual different sites, that'd be one thing. But I don't necessarily like the idea of one company holding your quote-unquote credit score, kind of like Equifax does now or TransUnion. I, I just, to me, them, you know, rec- re, you know, collecting records and, and determining that that's dirty, it's broken, it doesn't work, and it's not, it's, it's, it's not a functional system. Okay, so, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like to, ha- to have like a, like a financial institution that, that you know, functions within Bitcoin um, send these companies or these websites information on your behalf. That's what, that's what you're worried about, right? Yeah, I just don't like that system. I wish there was a way they could collate it. Like, And see, what Nexus is pointing out in our chat room right now is that this would be really hard because with Bitcoin, you generate a new address, your new identity. So it'd be really hard to, to develop a system around this. I don't even, I don't, I don't see how this is, what I see more likely to happen is you just have major peer-to-peer exchanges where user accounts have reputations, sort of like vendors do on, on eBay or Silk Road or something like that. I think that's the best you're going to get. I don't think you're going to get some sort of centralized credit score system that broadcasts if Drew has been a reliable seller. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like any institution, you know, broadcasting that information, you know, themselves without me opting in explicitly to those individual services. I don't like that part. Yeah, so I agree. It's an interesting idea. There's also certain provisions in the Bitcoin, Bitcoin protocol that we, aren't, we have not even really been used yet that are going to allow for certain, like, contracts. I mean, one of the things you got to realize about Bitcoin is uh, it, in a lot of ways, allows for trust-free, frictionless transactions. I, Drew does not have to trust me at all in order for me to buy something for for five bitcoins from him because he'll know if he got those five bitcoins. And once he's got those five bitcoins, n- you know they're not going back to me. And he doesn't have to trust me. He just needs to. He just needs to see those confirmations. And so sometimes some of the ways you think about having to trust somebody before you do a transaction or something like that. It's not necessarily that it completely negates it. It's just in some of these situations, the technology already solves it in some say, in some cases. Uh, Matt writes in with a uh, with an email here. He says, uh, one thing you guys never discuss uh, about Bitcoin and uh, crypto bucks in general is inflation. Oh, well, all right. Okay. Uh, the greatest reason I don't think Bitcoin is in the long term money is a mo- long term money solution is because of the fixed 21 million BTC limit, which doesn't matter uh, now when most of the deflation is uh, market adoption. But if Bitcoin ever did take the world over, it would become a huge issue in 100 years when the money supply started deflating with no recourse. I don't think it's healthy for the money driving the economy to deflate because that means investment is undervalued and money circulates slower because everyone is hoarding it, which is why most economists like some inflation. What are your thoughts on Bitcoin's finite money supply um, and eventual inevitable deflation? As wallets are lost, coins are gone forever, with less money being generated relative, what's being lo- to what, uh, relative to what's being lost. The only real alt currency I care about is the one that can maintain near constant few percentage point inflation rate with no realistic timetable of it stopping. Um, Drew, this is probably, uh, oh, he says, and uh, he helps uh, 
my wife and I have a healthy baby. Oh, yeah. This is probably one of the more common um, discussions that really kind of, to me, it seems like it always comes down to f- almost like a philosophical discussion. Yeah, because I mean, we don't, we really don't have, you know, examples that, that I know of, like in a historical context of, of you know, like nations or, or groups of people that um, stuck for a great deal of time on like a, a fixed supply currency, you know, because basically, I mean, I, I just, I understand the argument, but I don't, I, I, I have a hard time buying it because this is, I've always been told nonstop, you know, forever that inflation is absolutely necessary. And if you don't have inflation, then everything is going to blow up. And we've always been told that. So I'm very skeptical of, of the tr- traditional view on that. So, and I mean like, so the, the supply of gold, at least in the earth physically is fixed, right? And we're very, very slowly mining that out. And the, the increase in price means that the demand for gold is not being kept up, you know, or the supply of gold is not keeping up with the demand, right? So we're still, there's still a fixed amount. There's still some inflation technically in there, but it's not enough to, you know, to compensate for the demand. So I, I just, I, I, and gold has been around for quite a while and it's still kind of the de facto, you know, uh, uh, money. And I just... If you compare it, I mean, there's different attributes, but if you compare Bitcoins to gold, it's kind of a similar thing. And plus, it's, isn't it, I would think it'd be possible for, for like, um, um, like Bitcoin amounts to just go through a smaller number. So you'd still have 21 million Bitcoins. But I would think if this was absolutely necessary, this was a really, really big problem in the future that, uh, that, you know, they could just make a modification to the protocol and then you'd be able to have even smaller denominations of Bitcoins, maybe. Well, right? yeah. So you've got, and uh, you, this is something his email didn't bring up because you do have that you know, massively dis- divisible factor of the Bitcoin, each yeah. coin, right? Uh, so while there are going to be 21 million coins, you know, each coin is is so so immensely divisible that there's that aspect to it. I also have brought up the point in past episodes, um, and like a BTC smash in the chat was saying, is this, it's, this is the classic Keynesian versus Austrian economics argument, which is one that just continues to rage on. And I think we're seeing one play out right now that maybe necessarily... Uh, is showing us long term not to not, it is not going to be a successful theory, but I would also bring up the argument that uh, altcoins can potentially play a role here. And don't you think that the ultimate best case scenario, the best thing that could ever happen for Litecoin, is for Bitcoin to be so immensely successful that we need something else to help fill in the uh, spots that our Bitcoin is not filling? So we need like we need a scratch currency or we need a small transactions currency. Maybe Bitcoin becomes the currency when you're selling a business, you're selling a company, you're selling a boat, you're selling a car. And Litecoins when you're buying your groceries, Litecoins when you're playing video games online. Maybe that's, or, you know, or maybe whatever, like, or whatever the altcoins are. Maybe right. there's a, maybe there's a relationship there as well. Um, and, and it's, it's a little bit different of a solution because it's complete, it's a different approach to it. It's it's weird to think that you could have one type of currency do one thing and another type of currency do another thing and then have them not I mean they are related but they're not the same thing and you know I know that sounds very odd but there's really no reason it wouldn't work and if you look back into history there's been lots of different things that have been used as a form of currency at the same time and they just had different values. Right. And we're not just going to see, you know, Bitcoin the only thing like or or any kind of currency. We're not we're not going to all well unless we're forced to by certain groups of individuals. But I mean, we're not going to be, you know, only it's, you can, you're still going to have other currencies that you can use. So the whole spiraling deflation thing, like, uh, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't know. And I it, guess, it's a really tough thing. To I think guess people, I guess maybe the, the, the pipe dream here is that, uh, is that Bitcoin does get successful and then that divisible factor becomes a key role. And, 
And 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 I think people think that maybe what we would do is in that time we would look back and laugh when we thought things cost one Bitcoin and laugh when people bought whole Bitcoins at once and how ridiculously luxurious that would seem to the people in the future. There is a possibility we're heading to that. And that would mean people who even own one or two Bitcoins now could be very well off if that future arrives. Now, maybe never will. It's so, you know, of course, obviously, obviously. But that is sort of, I think, what some of the people who are in now are hoping happens is that it becomes sort of this medium of exchange. It becomes this money protocol. It is the internet applied to money. And then it just begins to get used like the internet has been used in all kinds of different aspects of business that we never even considered. And all of a sudden, each one of these coins becomes so immensely valuable that we just divide it all up like crazy. And the, yeah. the the days of the days of buying a bag of weed for a for a bitcoin or whatever you're paying is hey is, hey hey I'm just saying you're gonna look at that and go man that went up in smoke because <laughs> it really I mean I think if if you if bitcoin is to be successful it, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a there's gonna be a point where we are hardly ever discussing things in full bitcoin terms because the, that would represent a very large dollar amount and it just we may never ever get there. It may never go above hundred dollars. It may go back down to a dollar. Nobody really knows, but it is one of the possible futures. Way yep, of the future, agreed. as as the uh, as the good aviator says, it is possibly the way of the future. Now we did get a voicemail. It was a little hard to understand. I'm gonna. I think he was calling from his own fish tank. I'm gonna play it, and uh, then we'll decipher. And I'll see if I can't apply a little EQ as we go. Hey, Chris and Drew, this is Ron from Minnesota. Big fan of the show. I discovered it around episode six, and I went back and watched them all. And following you ever since. Uh, one of the things I noticed when I bring big heart to people is they seem to treat it as a uh, commodity more than a currency when I talk about exchanges and stuff. I was curious if you guys have ever uh, approached it as such. It seems now with bidding and, and other new services like this, it's easier to approach it as currency when it's being exchanged. But uh, I'm just curious if you ever approach it as soon as the commodity and if you think that exchanges uh, like Mount Gox and BTCE who kind of created the commodity are, are hurtful for the future of Bitcoin. Thanks. Bye. There you go. You see, that's how desperate we are to play a voicemail. We played no, <laughs> no. I, I appreciate him. Uh, I'm leaning very in. close to my mic, trying to hear it better. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he was essentially saying is uh, it seems like some folks treat Bitcoin as a, more of a commodity than they do as a currency. But for Bitcoin to be successful, most people think it needs to be treated as a currency. What do you think about this, Drew? Oh, uh, I well, uh, this is an incomplete thought. But I was just thinking, you know, back in the day when there was a gold standard where you could exchange dollar bills for for fixed gold value. I mean, so Bitcoin kind of com- kind of combines both those aspects, right? They they eventually got delinked by Nixon, the dollar and gold, but they're you know gold is commodity and and the dollar would function as a currency that you can exchange for it. I think this kind of melts those two things together. But I mean, I, I just I don't. It doesn't seem like a very big deal to me to to try to you know figure out whether or not it's been better to be treat Bitcoin as a commodity or more of as you know like a means of exchange. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem. I just don't see what you know really a, what, what what effect will come from. I'll tell you know. the one advantage would be if people did consider it more of a currency. If we had a higher currency, uh, you know, if it was if we, if we had overall more transactions happening with Bitcoin, um, the market would stabilize. It'd be a little bit of a deeper market theoretically. Uh, so that would be kind of good for the public image and good for people building uh, services around Bitcoin. I agree though. I don't think it really matters that much, and I think it's a little bit of both. I also think <clears throat> we're kind of in this transition phase. Where because not a lot of stuff has been accepting Bitcoin, it has been a commodity. It's been a right, speculator's right. Yep. commodity. Um, and that's sort of, if you look back at that's just kind of how this always happens. I was, I was watching a talk from somebody um, on, on YouTube that was posted from a conference. And this guy was going, if you look at the history of money, usually it starts as a commodity. You have some people who have a lot of that thing at the beginning. And then because so many people have that thing, people decide to start accepting that thing. 
right? Because they won't start accepting it until enough people have to, to pay for the goods that they want. So right, then right. once enough people have it and people start accepting it, it's sort of snowball effect. Yeah, it should evolve from there. So. And then evolves into a currency and a medium of exchange. Um, and, I, you know, for me, like, I know I talk about this uh, from time to time on the show, but I think it's relevant. I have uh, several Bitcoin wallets. One is a savings account and one is a spending account. And uh, the, uh, you know, like, uh, that's the one I'll, ch- I'll, I'll charge my gift cards on to buy uh, Omaha steaks, even though it's like, you know, maybe that Bitcoin might be worth more in, in three months. I feel like there's there's practical reasons to use it as a currency, too. Um, and for me, it's 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 practical to buy. I've bought some studio equipment with it. I've bought video cards with it. And I also speculate on some of it. So mm-hmm. it, for me, it's I've already made that transition. And I think more and more people are making that transition. Yeah, I'm going to start making that transition as well. Like just just like you have, you know, you just create separate addresses to contain whatever amounts, and then you can spend other ones from a different address there. But I was just thinking about, you know, making like a regular schedule of buying some bitcoins, and then just to, you know, use those bitcoins to exchange for actual goods. So I'm I'm going to evolve with that too, and I challenge everybody your, else to do the same. Uh, you bought your block eruptors with Bitcoin, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, it's as more and more things become available to me, I've noticed I've done it. Uh, Usenet indexing. I talked about this like two episodes ago. Bought some Usenet indexing for VPN a year. VPN services, yeah. Totally. VPN services are a great thing to do. And then and then it's like I'm enjoying like, even though I have no reason to totally be anonymous, I like that it's just there. Like I don't worry about like their database getting hacked and then, you know, them getting my, my information. I don't have to worry about them eventually selling it to an advertiser. Yep. You know, it's just like this. It's like I've, I've exchanged my goods and I'm, I have no other connections to them. And... I didn't realize that that was bothering me before in others in other you know situations, but I I guess it does because now that I've now that I've signed up for these accounts and funded them with Bitcoin and they don't have any of my personal information, but I still have the services that I want. It sort of feels really good, and I I think this is just the beginning of people doing it for this kind of stuff. More and more, more and more places. I mean, I you don't know. It's not one of these things that's always obvious to you, but then you just start coming across more and more places that take Bitcoin for funding. I just was on a. Uh, a gamers website today that like just uh, it's like a it's like a community for people to hang out and that like video games and stuff and they just started accepting bitcoin donations because enough of the members started asking for it. it's just happening all over the place organically mm-hmm. yep pretty cool now uh before we get to, uh, before we continue our commodities and gold uh, discussion which uh, there was an interesting clip that was submitted to the subreddit this week that fits right into that we, why don't we talk about one of the one of the goods that you've bought with your bitcoins those block eruptors how's that been going uh, they're going right. I think they're they generated because I've been off and on, you know, trying to get things to work, uh, messing with the Raspberry Pi and, and all that stuff. But um, they've been running for almost two weeks. Off and it's, and on. it's been solid on the Pi. Yep, it's been solid. I haven't had any kind of hardware issues, no like overheating and stuff. I just got a small fan pointed at them, and it's in you know over on the opposite uh, side of the house. And so, using CG Miner. Yep, using CG Miner, and I just <laughs> it you took stuck me with forever. an older version too. It looks like. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't looked at anything recently, but as far as I know, three point one point one is the best version to use to, uh, to mine them on the Pi, or not to mine them on the Pi, but to, for CG miner to use with the block eruptors. But the difficulty, the whole difficulty thing, like um, the, uh, BTC Guild, um, the backorder, the backlog has decreased pretty significantly. So I was looking into getting some, but with the, with the way that I see the uh, the difficulty getting, it doesn't look like it's going to be profitable. Yeah. It, it's very difficult to tell how long it's going to take for me to break even. Yeah. So I, I wasn't, I, I wanted to kind of do this as an experiment also for the show, but I, I kind of wanted to get, you know, a couple extra point, whatever BTC, yeah. you know, in the long run. But with the whole difficulty increase, it's like, man, I might just pull my resources and, and you know, keep buying some Bitcoins and wait for maybe like a second generation of, of ASICs that come out once this yeah. stuff is more easily available. Cause, uh, yeah. 
yeah, if you're good, if you're going to be getting into mining with block ruptures right now, <laughs> I don't know about that because I bought three of them. So that's three Bitcoins and I've generated 0.15, which is pretty good. So I hope to make it back, but uh, it, I got a whole write-up. Um, it's going to be in the show notes. It shows you how to um, get everything set up uh, mining on the pie. This is nice, yeah. SHH, get, get SHH set up um, and be, get it to start get mining to begin once this once the uh, pie boots in case I like lose power. Oh, good. I'm not, I'm not home. Good for it'll, you. It'll yeah. just power right back yeah, I on. I hate it when that up. happens. Yeah, so yeah, that part sucks. It took me forever to figure it out, but I finally did. You cannot run CG miners root as far as I know. And that was my main problem. I tried doing it with cron. Couldn't do it with cron. I finally oh, yeah. did it with init scripts. So there's a whole guide in there um, for, for anybody that wants to set up their, their pie to mine that stuff. And how are you like just checking in on how it's doing? Are you just going to the console or do you have a way to remotely see what like the hash rate's at and all that stuff? Uh, I, I was I, I was logging into BC, BTC Guild and looking at the dashboard, yeah, right, but there's right. also some some apps. Except I'm I'm a LastPass user, which means I generate insane <laughs> yep. passwords. Welcome so to my I, world. <laughs> I, I was going to hook up a widget on my tablet, but I was like, you know, I got, maybe maybe later. Yeah, <laughs> I'll change that there. But uh, that's how I've been monitoring it. And uh, chat room hmm, is mathing it for you. They think it's going to take ten months for you to earn that back. It ain't too bad. Hopefully, maybe I've been running for two years or whatever. Oh, man. And it's so hard to predict what the difficulty is going to be, right? Because, like, I'm looking at a bunch of these. I did a bunch, bunch of different mining calculators and looking at, you know, all these different projections. And I just don't know what to enter, you know, for the, the projected, you know, uh, increase right, in right. difficulty. I have right. no idea what to do there. So that's pretty scary. Yeah, it's, like, a funny whole, time, it's a funny time in the Bitcoin world. I, I, if Bitcoin is going to be successful, then it is going for a crazy great deal right now at the rate of the difficulty. If you... I just I, I feel like we have such a huge disconnect between the price and the difficulty rate at the moment, um, and uh, you're kind of you're kind of experiencing that. <laughs> I know right? firsthand, man. You're getting that firsthand. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, all right. Well, so well, that's cool. And Drew's got like like you mentioned, he'll have a link to that right up in the show notes. Uh, before we get into the discussion piece here, uh, get back onto our commodities and gold thing because there's been there was an interesting discussion that came out of Fox Business of all places this week. And uh, I want to play a clip of that because it was an interesting discussion. I want to mention we do want your voicemails, though. Call us 1-352-587-5262. That's 1-352-58-PLAN-B. We want your voicemails so we can play those on the show. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, also, we're taking Bitcoin donations. We'd love to get some funding for this show. And then uh, as we start raising more funds, we'll start allocating more time to the show so that way we can do even more fun things. And eventually, Ooh. eventually, we'll have a few things in the works. So please do uh, check out... Our Bitcoin addresses in the show notes, where uh, you can uh, tip us for uh, the production of the show, and that's help. That's helping offset our cost because right now we are sponsor free. Now maybe in the future we will find a fantastic Bitcoin sponsor and bring them on. But in the meantime, we are functioning and continuing off of your generosity. All right, Drew, what do you say we get into uh, this uh, Stossel piece where they were discussing the, discussing the gold standard, which is kind of interesting in itself, and then Bitcoin, boom, all of a sudden Bitcoin comes oh, in. Oh, yeah, and our, our good friend Jeffrey Tucker, I love that guy. Bring it on. And I also want to just see, I want to do like, let's do a little thought experiment. Now, the first 30 seconds, 40 seconds or so of this clip, they're talking about gold, and it's actually a pretty interesting discussion, but as a mental exercise, every time they say gold, replace it with the word Bitcoin and it's interesting how Bitcoin fits in all of that, I think. Take a listen. All right. One solution, some people say, to government playing with the currency is a gold standard. But gold we standard. had one for a while. didn't really work. A gold standard, a pure gold standard would be a great thing. The problem with the gold standard is that you Just use Before the, you answer yeah. this, this is for this libertarian audience. Yeah. How many of you own gold? Either actual gold or investment this is about everybody. 
I imagine you watching out there, it's not so high. So you're different. Why? Because you don't trust those Federal Reserve notes? Take it away. No, gold, gold, a, a really great gold center wouldn't have the government involved at all. Now, gold has just fallen from 1600 to $1,300. Yeah. Some of you people lost a lot of money. Maybe this is bad advice. Well, gold investment and the gold standard are two separate things. You know, it's always a speculation, you know, what, what, you're, what you're buying into. And just because you favor the gold standard doesn't mean you're necessarily recommending gold as, as an investment. Um, and, and I'm it not seems even... like they would go together, that you would believe in gold as a... It, it... I'm just I'm thinking Bitcoin. Every time they say gold, I'm thinking, you know, Bitcoin works there. Mm -hmm. Entirely depends on what people's expectations yeah. of the future are. And that should be embodied in the price of gold now. So it depends. Basically, do we think everybody else is too pessimistic or too optimistic? And that tells us whether it's a good investment, not whether it's a good standard for our money. What about Bitcoins? Listen, Bitcoin? I'm a big fan. I think, I think Bitcoins is one of the great innovations. It only came about four years ago. It was one in a long succession of attempted digital currencies. It's Wait, been the most Bitcoins, for those of you who don't know, is an internet form of currency that is limited and ought to protect you against devaluing dollars. That's a good way to summarize it. It's both a currency and a payment system. Very innovative. By comparison to the dollar, you know, Bitcoin makes the dollar look like a dinosaur. Like there's been no improvement in our money in, in a very long time. <laughs> Bitcoin is a, is a currency for the digital age. It's more like physical property. The best thing is the government's not involved with it at all. It was created by the market itself. It's a beautiful thing. The most implausible sort of currency. You know, if you had asked anybody 10 years ago, will the market create a new digital currency that allows me to exchange with anybody in the world, in Central America, and, and Africa, all the world's poor, even if you don't have a credit card, you can still exchange money, will that happen? No, that won't happen. But it did happen. And it's brilliant. Well, on that note, thank you, Jeffrey Tucker and Ben Powell. Coming up. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it, it did happen, and it is brilliant. And, you know, they're sitting there talking about gold, and these are some smart guys. And uh, then they go and they make some Bitcoin in the same breath. And I think that's important. Yep, indeed. Uh, thanks to the uh, subreddit for collecting that. We'll have links if you guys want to see that video in the show notes. Now, speaking of those Bitcoins, we all remember Satoshi Dice. Well, uh, the uh, operator, owner of Satoshi Dice, uh, who we've talked about before. I, I don't believe he's actually operating it, but uh, they, that's what they call him in the Coindesk article. Eric Verhuis, Verhuis, who we've talked about before, very smart guy. I don't mean to make fun of his last name. I'm just a moron. I'd love to have him on the show at some point. Anyways, uh, he sold it. You ready for this, Drew? 126,000 Bitcoins, oh. which as of this episode is currently going for $12 million. $12 million for Satoshi Dice. And remember, they're blocking the United States visitors. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, sorry. Well, except for blockchain.info, because uh, who won 0.5 BTC on uh, Satoshi Dice last night? Oh, yeah, yeah? You're talking to him. Nice. But, uh, you know, anyways. <laughs> I guess, I guess, wonder, I, I wonder how they could, because the blockchain, blockchain.info app probably just does it right over the blockchain. Yeah, it must just submit the transactions just through the blockchain. So well, there's no way they can unblock that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is a pretty big sell. It's got a lot of mainstream attention. And, uh, you know, it does show you that there's some real value. Even... Now, Satoshi Dice is kind of the well-known one, um, and it is kind of a, it's a gambling site, but I think it's actually still a good thing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I mean, this is like, we, we haven't, this is just the beginning, right? Of all these, of sell-offs of, of these, uh, you know, Bitcoin services and all this stuff. So, I mean, it's gonna be pretty cool. We're going to see more and stuff like this, but imagine if they sold it a year ago for Bitcoins and how many Bitcoins they would have gotten at that time. Yeah. Woo. I wonder why they're selling now. 
it, yeah, it is. It is weird when you think about it because I mean, the odds are in their favor. So if they just operate perpetually, then they're going to continue to get revenue. So you they know. though have been taking actions of late to give you know seem to indicate that would signal that they're a little worried about you know maybe getting cracked down on. Right? I mean, they've they've uh, they blocked all U.S. customers. Um, they've you know they've they've issued some statements in the past that have made me think, oh, they're a little they're a little paranoid. And maybe rightfully so, and maybe that's why they exited. Or mm, you still got to wonder, maybe they just feel like now is the time to bail. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely be, if I was running any site like this, you know, any kind of gambling site or anything, I'd I'd be scared. I'd I'd have a hard time sleeping, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, I'd be terrified. Just terrified. Yeah, you know, somebody else probably had a hard time sleeping was that guy out of Texas. Uh, so did you hear about this guy, uh, Shavers, who's, he got charged for violating the Securities Act of 1993 for unlawfully selling... 1933. Yeah, 1933, thanks. For unlawfully selling unregistered securities, as well as intentionally misleading and defrauding investors. Now, he ran this uh, Ponzi scheme out of uh, what was basically a bank for Bitcoins. It was like a, he, was, he was claiming it to be a, like a, yeah, sort of an investment deal where he would buy and sell on the market and then give you back a 7% earnings rate on it. Um, he, he, of course, would, what he would actually be doing is new people signed up, he'd take their, he'd take their sign up fees and then give that to the people he'd take a cut. And then he'd give some of it to the people who'd signed up before and say, well, here's your earnings from playing the market. When in reality, he was just taking new subscribers money. Right. And he got quiet a lot too, right? Well, what was it though? It was like, what? Uh, he got a lot, but he ended up only profiting like 150k or something, right? Oh, I, I didn't see his net profit. I just saw the gross value, which I think was like yeah. I can't remember. It was like three thousand three. There's a lot of threes in there. Oh well, uh, he was able to con more than seven hundred thousand bitcoins from victims, which would be about, oh, that's right. And, you Ooh, know, yeah, seven hundred thousand. Seven hundred thousand. Uh, nice. And uh, I just I look at this now. This actually happened like back in 2012, I think, is when he was actually doing this. And uh, did you see that they released like this whole PDF? on um like how to spot like scams and watch for uh so that's 66 million dollars 700 700 btc 700,000 btc um the uh, they say that uh, they they released this um this statement along with this this the uh, the SEC has the Securities Exchange Commission uh they said that uh, fraudsters are beyond the fraudsters are not beyond the reach of SEC just because they use bitcoin or other virtual currencies to mislead investors and violate federal securities law that was the uh, the chairman director of the SEC's New York regular, uh, regional office from the SEC. So uh, they are making a statement here saying that we have virtual currencies on our radar. And just because you're using virtual currencies does not mean the SEC will not come after you. Uh, well, that's, uh, it's great knowing that they're there to protect me. Shavers uh, promised investors up to a 7% weekly investment based on uh, BTCC, <laughs> BTCST because uh, uh, I'm forgetting the uh, I'm forgetting the name of the of the company he went for, but it was it sounded like a it sounded like a basically a Bitcoin uh, credit or Bitcoin union credit union, um, but uh, he supposedly included selling individuals who wish to buy Bitcoin off the radar in quick fashion or in large quantities. In reality. Uh, it was a sham and a Ponzi scheme, which Shavers used bitcoins from new investors to make purported interest payments and cover investor withdrawals on outstanding BTCST investments. And he, he had promised 3,300% annualized interest <laughs> for returns. That seems kind of a little, little, little steep. Yeah, right? what's funny in this, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, his profit was 164,000 um, from, and he sold 86,000 bitcoins. Uh uh, or he, he, people gave him 86,000 Bitcoins. Um, it says here in the, uh, in the filing 
that uh, when you should be on the lookout for uh, virtual Ponzi schemes, that if a, if a deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. Like it's that good old like yeah right yeah. Oh thanks SEC. Well thanks for letting me know if a deal is too good, it probably is. Okay, I'll I'll write that one down. That's but it's something we got to watch out, particularly with the but with the virtual currencies, right? We got to watch out for that. It doesn't work anywhere else. Yeah, I, I'll I've linked the uh, PDF in the show notes if you guys want to go check it out. Um, Ponzi schemes using virtual currencies. Investor alert. The SEC. Office of Investor Education and Advocacy is issuing this investor alert to warn individual investors about fraudulent investment schemes that use and involve Bitcoin and other virtual currencies. And it's a very nice, well-formatted PDF. Uh, I'm holding back any political argument against uh, or a correlation between uh, Ponzi schemes and the, the whole, you know, they're, it's interesting <laughs> that they're focusing on this type of Ponzi scheme, not something called Social Security or, anything. or the Federal Reserve. And yeah. there we go. All right. So um, I want to talk about some good news. I want to talk oh. about a little bit of good news. So remember that couple that uh, we, we interviewed that uh, was living their life on Bitcoin? Yep. Well, their wedding's over, and that starts, uh, I think, today it was. They started today, so uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it to kind of see how things go for them. Um, I, I uh, might give them a call up after a little bit into it and see how they're doing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. The, other thing that, the other thing that kicked off today, not related at all, is another Bitcoin movie. It's like the third documentary that's under uh, in development right now. This one's a documentary about the socioeconomic impact of Bitcoin and what the impact is around the world, uh, comprised of interviews from global Bitcoin users. It's a team of, uh, of um, uh, two producers and a camera guy, and they're looking to raise $100,000 on Kickstarter, Drew. Oh, no, they're not, they're not accepting. They're accepting dollars and Bitcoins. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Are they accepting Bitcoin? I actually haven't looked into that part. Oh, I, I, I don't know either, but I would think that they would. They should be. Right? They better be. Because but then everybody's going to panic about that. Right? How do you, Isn't that what they did you, with the other guys? Yeah, but how do you fund How do you fund Bitcoin on Kickstarter? You can't. Well, they could. They could. Well, yeah, not with Kickstarter in particular, right? No, I Kickstarter know, yeah. needs so, to get on that, seriously. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And so does Steam, by the way. If both, that'd be nice. If Kickstarter and Steam start taking Bitcoin, then things would blow up a little bit. I'm I would looking, love to see like Bitcoin integrated into like, you know, like, like game bucks, you know, like you're talking about with Steam, but with like other platforms as well. That'll be awesome. So you don't have to have all these stupid, you know, in-platform currencies and all that crap. It'd be cool, you know, to have some Bitcoin for your PlayStation bucks and all that. They've got, day. you know, they've got like all kinds of goals, stretch goals and stuff they want to reach. They're at a hundred, they're at 12,000 right now of a hundred thousand. I'd have a hard time believing that they're not accepting Bitcoin, but that'd be, that'd be very strange because they could just convert it, right? I mean, they, they can pay their taxes on it and do all that stuff. I think, I think I admire, I admire the initiative. It looks like they've got a really good thing. And I, and I also think that it's probably a good idea to have a few of these documentaries going, because probably one of them is not going to make it and two of them or one of them is probably going to be no good. And only one of them will be any good, but true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm thinking people are a little worn out on the, uh, on the Bitcoin, help me make a Bitcoin movie via Kickstarter thing. And I think maybe because Bitcoin's so technological, uh, is it's, it's, it's so great for the technologically inclined that there's maybe more people doing this than for other kinds of things. Uh, cause you, let's say like right now you got the, you got the, you got the uh, guy and the girl live on Bitcoin. They've just started off. Uh, you've got two other documentaries that are in development that look really good so far. I, I think, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think people are going to fund this. Uh yeah, what was their what was their what's their goal? A hundred thousand? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. About that. I, I mean, I'd love to see them make it because I'd love to see another. I mean, I'll, I'd watch it. Yeah, me too. I mean, but, uh, it's just you know, with all this stuff, it's like uh, you know, we'll see if it actually pans out. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll keep an eye on it. If it looks like they're getting close to their goal, I think I'll I'll toss in. I'll probably hate it when people do that too. Sorry guys. 
<laughs> uh, all right, Drew, we're going to have uh, we're going to have our Bitcoin pick segment uh, coming up right here. I just want to remind folks that uh, you can always join us live for the Plan B show. We're live t- Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern, no Pacific, sorry, 5 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT. I also want to uh, plug our calendar, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Going to have uh, another baby soon, which is, pff, where do these things even come from? I don't know. They just show up and it's just like no idea when. Who knows? So I'm just gonna have to update that calendar so that we might have an interruption. We've also we we're gonna have a couple, we're we're uh, starting this week and probably the next couple weeks we're gonna have slightly shorter shows as uh, I'm sort of picking up some extra daddy duties. So uh, that's just something to keep an eye on over at JupiterBroadcasting.com/slash/calendar as we get through that, and that'll be over the next few weeks while all of that happens. Big changes here in the Fisher household, Drew. Big changes. Better be your last one. Three's plenty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got to figure out where these keep coming from. I know, right? You're number three. I haven't figured out yet. Yeah, right? I mean, it couldn't be me. I, I don't think I'm doing it because I'm on the air all the time. How could it have been me? I know. Well, I, I don't. Well, I maybe. Mean, uh, I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying, Drew. It's awfully suspicious, if you ask me. Awfully suspicious. Now, the price of Bitcoin might be a deal. You might be calling this the 2013 summer sale. For all we know, maybe not. Maybe this will be. <laughs> remember when it was above thirty? But I have a feeling we'll be calling this the summer sale of 2013. And if you want to get in on the Bitcoin action, that's where my Bitcoin pick comes in this week. Localbitcoins.com. They've got an honorable mention on our show once before, but I was actually just playing around with it uh, this week. I thought, you know, I should make this a pick and let people know about it because there's been, you know. Uh, different services have been up and down lately, and Gox is Gox and all that kind of stuff. And what's really cool is you just go over to localbitcoin.com, and if you want, it'll use the location feature of uh, your browser if you ha- if your browser supports that. And you put in your city. Like, I'm even putting in my small little town right now, and I can find people around me, and uh, they've got, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, you've got your seller ratings on here. I can see maybe like one of these guys has done four cells, and uh, he's currently asking for $92 a coin. And I can use this site to connect with him, and then we go meet up in real life and uh, exchange. How are the prices around you? Because I'm looking at I'm looking at it for Reno, and this guy wants to charge 103 bucks per Bitcoin. What? I know, right? I've looked at it before, like a couple weeks ago too. But they 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 charge some. Uh, they sell them for pretty high around. Uh, here. No, no. So uh, let's see here. Uh, I've got ninety two dollars, ninety four dollars, ninety eight dollars. Now, I'll tell you, I have noticed you do tend to pay a bit of a premium for right. these in-person exchanges. But then also remember there's no like fees, right, that you might get like when you're doing like a bit instant or or a wire transfer where there'll be a fee. So you got to remember that. And then also, uh, it's also a good sign that the price is going up. It really is. Usually when people are asking like this, I'm usually like, oh, okay. Oh, right. yeah, true. Because, yeah, they're people are expecting it to, yeah, they're speculating it's going to go up. So I'm down. Let's do it. Let's okay. go, guys. Localbitcoins.com. And then the other thing that's kind of tangentially connected to localbitcoins.com, totally different animal, its own thing, but it's in that meat space thing. Have you been hearing about these uh, Satoshi squares that are popping up everywhere? I've heard about it, but I really don't know what it is. Well, it's powered by the Buttonwood Project, which is worth Googling. Uh, you guys go Google Buttonwood later if you want. Uh, Project Buttonwood, that is. Uh, it's So Satoshi Square started in New York, um, I think. And uh, now there's one in LA and San Francisco. And I think Seattle's talking about uh, organizing one. And it's... Um, People get together. There's uh, there's some software around it that lets you set prices and stuff around Bitcoins and say, you know, hey, I want to sell. Hey, I want to buy. Um, but it's really just about getting into uh, a meat space somewhere, getting together and selling and buying Bitcoins, you know, like using like your smartphone and using the QR codes in a blockchain app or something like that to exchange um, uh, money. And, you know, you, it's funny because it's like you go on Flickr, people are posting pictures of this. Go on Flickr and search for Satoshi Square. 
And you'll see like people bring out like chairs and they put like a little Bitcoin sign on the chair. And like, yeah, this is the, and they just is impromptu. Boom. Satoshi Square. And it kind of goes back to the old days of trading stocks in person and things like that, where there's no, there's no like, you know, there's no way you're going to shut this kind of peer to peer system down because it's two individuals meeting in person and exchanging in some form or another cash for Bitcoin or whatever. So it's pretty cool. And uh, you just keep an eye on it. You'll probably see uh, Satoshi Squares popping up in your neck of the woods soon because they're coming, they're cropping up everywhere. Oh yeah. And that project buttonwood looks pretty interesting. So a couple of, couple of picks for you guys, a couple of ways to get your hands on bitcoins. And uh, pretty soon we'll have a couple of people making documentaries about bitcoins. I say the future looks bright. It's going to be a summer of people investing and people building things. And then in the fall and winter, we're going to see a lot of fruits of the labor. That's not, that's what I suspect. Yeah, I, I definitely think we're going going up from. I don't think we're going back down to seventy bucks. You know, like I we hope were a couple not. weeks ago. <clears throat> you know, it's not all about the price, but I've definitely noticed a correlation of PR and buzz to price. Yeah, higher price leads to more people searching about it, more people writing about it, more people doing specials about it, more people thinking and talking about it. So it's generally been a good thing for Bitcoin overall. So I hope it, I hope it kind of stays where it's at and stabilizes. Not if nothing else. For those folks that just started living on Bitcoin for uh, 90 days. They got to oh, live definitely. 90 days, Drew. That's like, you got to pay bills. You got to buy stuff. I mean. Yeah, yeah the, the whole price thing, that, that would be that'd be like, uh, I'd be staring at that all day if I were them, you know, living oh, yeah. off this full time. Yeah. Well, it's funny because some of the comments are like, whatever, I already live off Bitcoin. I'm like, you know, I <laughs> parts of my life are more and more on Bitcoin now than they used to be. That's for sure. It's already filled. It's already filling in parts. Like I've, I've bought two cell phones with Bitcoin. I'm buying food with Bitcoin. You know, it's like, all right. I, I kind of watch it now too because I'm like, all right, I'm, I can buy a little more stuff today. I like it when it goes up. I spend more when it goes up. Exactly, right? Because, yeah, because you already got, and you, were, you know, you're basically getting, the way, I, I always convert it back to dollars in my head. You know, like if you buy at a lower amount, then you and you use Sit the Bitcoin it. to purchase something that's tied to the, you know, yeah. the U.S. dollar price, then, right. you know, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. So that that's does, right. you know, encourage yeah, you, you feel to like you're, like you feel, Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're a savvy shopper. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, you're cashing out, but you're, you know, you're kind of saving, you know? Right, so. exactly. Like, I bought when it was at 80, and, and, you know, and then I held on to it until the value raised up to 95 and then I spent it and then it went back down a little bit and I was like, all right, I did it at the right time. Yep, you exactly. Save 15 bucks. And I tell you, I'm sitting there, I'm eating my, I, so Savannah, or Omaha Steaks has these incredible breakfast sausages, incredible breakfast sausages, the best breakfast sausage you've ever had in your life. And, and like, I'm sitting there this morning, I'm eating my breakfast sausage. I'm like, I got this for a good deal. It's at nine, Bitcoin's at $95. I bought these Bitcoins when it was at $40 and I'm sitting there eating my, uh, my breakfast sausage. So it works. Is it, is it like a local, local guy that sells this stuff from Bitcoin or what? No, no, no. I heard you talk about that on thing. No. uh, 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 So you're using like a conversion? Yeah. I'm using that, uh, I'm using that, um, um, gift app. Oh, okay. Making, uh, I'm just charging. I just, a lot of times I'll just charge up, uh, gift cards for different, for different services and sites. And then I just use the gift card on um, their site. I'm going to have to do, I'm definitely going to do that at some point. I totally, totally forgot about, you yeah. know, converting it like that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, just a couple of bits of, uh, just a little bit of vegetables for you guys before we run. I want to remind everyone that you can uh, contribute to the show with stories and discussion threads over at planbshow.reddit.com. That's where we got that clip today from Stossel talking about gold and Bitcoins. And uh, Drew and I are always poking in there to see what uh, you guys say. We also post links to... Uh, Every episode, and then you can start. A, there's a feedback thread in there where you can give thoughts on this particular week's episode of the Plan B show. Uh, you can also email us Plan B at JupiterBroadcasting.com. Don't forget, we'd love to have your tips to help support future efforts on the show. Uh, our uh, QR code and address is in the show notes. You can call us one three fifty two fifty eight Plan B and leave us a voicemail. We try not to make fun of you. Promise. Hey Drew, man, I hope you get. Uh, I hope you get a little better weather over there. Maybe it'll be a little cooler next week. 
Uh, I don't see that coming. You're supposed to have a thunderstorm coming your way, Drew. Say again? It's going to be a big thunderstorm coming your way. Maybe. Get ready. It's like living in the south over here somehow. I don't know what the deal is. Like sometimes it rains in the summer. So you better so hunker down. It's gonna be thunderstorms and lightning. Hopefully, I'm ready to cool down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm gonna go turn on the AC. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Plan B. We'll see you right back here next week.